opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in everyone to Friday, October 15th. It's been an incredibly busy day around the ACB media and on the various Zoom calls. And I just want to welcome everyone today. I want to, first of all, thank Andrea for hosting with me this evening. And I wanted to thank Doug as well for streaming for us this evening. Um, Larry usually streams for us, but he's tied up with the Get Up and Get Moving project of the day. And... Uh, so he's also still thinking that the Giants and the Dodgers are going to win this. One of them is going to win the series. When I know it's going to be the Red Sox. Anyhow, welcome in tonight. I've changed the format of this show a little bit for tonight. Because what I really wanted to do was have this a very open discussion. And just an open chat. It's been a year since we moved visibilities from a community call to also including streaming on Media One. And that started in late October of last year. I think we're actually like a week short of our one-year anniversary. And we had done five months before that of just community calls And I started looking at some of them, and we have done some really amazing, amazing things over the past 12 to 17 months. And I know some of them stuck out to me as really, really great calls that we did. We've done calls on empty nesting, on re-nesting, repurposing uh, rooms in your home, We've done calls on um, aging in place. We've done we've done plenty of trivia calls of trivia, uh, baby boomer trivia and mash trivia. We did a call last August with Dr. Paul Rea on early signs of dementia. Um, we did a several calls in conjunction with the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. We did, I think it was four or five weeks early this year, earlier this year, to give everyone the opportunities to learn a little bit more about the special interest affiliates of ACB before the convention and what many of them were planning for programming during the convention. Um. I'm just wondering, does anybody have any of the of the calls that we have had in the past that particularly meant something to you or stood out to you? If you do, uh, at any time, feel free to raise your hand 
uh, and Andrea, would you like to just remind folks on raising their hands and muting? In order to um, mute and unmute, these are toggles. So the same uh, uh, command will work both ways. Um, on the computer, it's Alt-A on the PC. On the Mac, Command-Shift-A. On the landline phone, star six. On your smartphone, it is in the bottom left-hand corner. That's the one I always get mixed up. Bottom left-hand corner of your screen. To raise your hand, uh, it is Alt-Y on the PC. Option-Y on the Mac. Star nine on your landline phone. And bottom right corner of your screen under the More tab on your smartphone. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Andrea. Okay, so I'm just wondering if anybody does have any particular call or event that we've done in the past year or so that stood out to you, you're more than welcome to um, come in and tell us about what, what you did or didn't like about it. Um, I, you know, it's, uh, sometimes it's not always good just to be doing Oh, this was wonderful. That was wonderful. Sometimes we need some constructive criticism in order to improve things. And if you have some, then that's fine. Go for it. Agnes, would you like to? Yes, I'll, I'll speak. I, I like all the calls that you, you, you had mentioned, but I think one thing that was really helpful to a lot of people was during the pandemic when we took some time to share our feelings but to focus on what positive things came out of this i mean i've had some positive things come out of it for me personally um and i i think that that was a a good thing Uh, thank you i think we did do quite a bit and of course the, the pandemic has had such a such an overwhelming effect on so many of us, really on all of us. I I can't imagine anybody that hasn't been affected in one way or another. Um, We've lost many friends and colleagues um, through COVID-19. We've got, I know there's another friend of ours who got it um, back about 17 months ago and is still in a nursing home and is still often on ventilators and probably very well may permanently be. And and I know at least six people throughout the country, six, eight, eight people as I think about it, throughout the country who have died from it. Many, many people who have been very ill from it and recovered, thankfully. Um, but it, it just so changed all of our lives and our lifestyles. Um, I didn't know what Instacart was two years ago. Uh, now it's kind of a twice a week normality in my house. Um, but I think you do. You make a very good point. Kathy King, I think you've got something you want to add too as well. Well, you know what my favorite show was, Pat, um, Terry. <laughs> It was it Saint Patty, around St. Patty's Day, the shows that you did, and um, for a very specific reason is that uh, you were talking about books, and I'm always hunting for more audio books to listen to, because I'm relatively new to Bard, and um, 
new, you know, renewing my interest in fiction after a long career in academia and not having time to read fiction. And um, you mentioned several Irish authors and I was pumping folks for more ideas and somebody mentioned Patrick Taylor and the Irish Country Doctor series and I had just started co-hosting or yeah just started co-hosting with Cheryl McNeil Fisher writing works wonders and so I got a crazy idea once I listened to one or two of his books I just love them they're hysterical they're well written etc etc and you feel like you're back in Ireland and I contacted him and what a phenomenal fellow he in a heartbeat was thrilled to be on writing works wonders and we had a great time with him so I, I thought it was just a terrific demonstration of the power of ACB community I think you're absolutely right you know that that's exactly what it is is I think so many it's almost like TV back in the day when, you know, somebody was talking about uh, happy days today. Um, the One of the, I think on the 70s segment of the Get Up and Get Moving Dance Party and all the programs that have been, that were spinoffs of mm-hmm. happy days and that. And I think we've had a lot of that, almost that same type of thing with community, you know, that somebody has come up with some idea and somebody else add something to it and and um it, it's I, I don't know what we would have done without community tried quite honestly um over the last year and a half we um i know i've rekindled a lot of great old friendships and met a lot of new friends including you Kathy, um through this and and i'll just tell you that i have a new set of irish books for you to get involved with Oh, and, cool. And I can't remember her for Jean, Jean, J-E-A-N, Granger, G-R-A-I-N-G-E-R. You got to get into those books, too. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, Penny. Hey, Kathy, I just want to tell you how much I enjoyed Patrick Taylor on your show. Um, unfortunately, it's only one of two of your shows that I've been able to listen to, but I really loved it. And uh uh, I, too, love those books. And um, if you read the books by Jean Granger, the first one you should read is called The Tour. And it's it's relatively new on Bard. And it is a delightful book. Oh. Cool. Um, uh, this has been a great year, Terry. I want to talk about another book, and that's Anna's book about growing up in Vietnam. Yes. It made, made me realize... Um, how blessed I've been in the life I've had as a blind person compared to with what many other people have to go through. So um, thank you for that. That was a wonderful, wonderful show and and a really wonderful book. Uh, It was really fun to get to know somebody from a totally different culture and kind of compare what we all have to go through. This has been a fun year, Terry. You've had some great shows and some interesting guests. And like you, I've made a lot of... uh, reacquaintances with people I used to know and uh, met some new people that I'm really enjoying getting to know. So I'm very happy with visibilities. I don't always make it at seven on Friday night, but I usually make it at some point during your show. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate that. <laughs> but you know, that's actually the, the, and the show with Anna McCauley was so wonderful. That was a, a marvelous 
one. I had done an interview with her for um, the Perkins Alumni Association's newsletter. And I just so enjoyed talking with her. And for those of you who may not have heard the show, um, Anna was a young child. She was about six or seven years old when she scratched her cornea, essentially, on a bush. She was living in Vietnam and uh, in the 1950s. And it caused the infection that took place in trying to heal it um, caused her to lose her vision. And it was her whole, her story of uh, growing up and what her, how her parents had to deal with or did deal with uh, her blindness and when they had to evacuate the village that they lived in and that and her whole story of going to a, a quote-unquote school for the blind and eventually she uh, ended she uh, got the opportunity to go to Perkins here in Massachusetts uh, and met a gentleman there uh, several years later that she married and has a lovely family and lives up in Massachusetts and it was just a very nice it was as Penny said, it was amazing to see the differences in in cultures, and yet it had a, a nice ending. It really did. Her family felt that they had to abandon her because the rest of the village would think that they, the family would bring the whole village bad luck because of their blind child. And so her father took her away to a convent, I think it was, and... Uh, and just abandoned her, and she never, she never saw her dad again, and she only saw her mother and her sister one more time. And she yeah. has no, there was no way for her to, even as a grown up, to go back to Vietnam and find them. Um, uh, she, she just had to start her life all over as a really young child. And that was a, that was a really that was one of my favorite shows of the past year. Um. We did some fun things, uh, kind of with, in conjunction with AAVL, Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, and Next Gen. We did a, a cute little um, father time and the New Year's baby for New Year's Eve. And <laughs> we did all of the, uh, uh, the community, did a couple of different um, events for New Year's Eve. Uh, of course, we always pay attention to the holiday auction because that's what funds that the holiday auction, ACB holiday auction is what funds ACB media. And truthfully, I think right now ACB media is probably the most, uh, has probably the, the most outreach to, especially maybe to our vision impaired seniors. Um, but I think to, um, to most everyone, uh, there's because primarily because of our echo devices, you know, that now we can get, uh, get it on the echo and you can be doing other things at the same time, or you don't have to be technology savvy, uh, to connect with other people. And I think that's really been a lot of, been very helpful to others. Does anyone else have anything that, stands out to them in particular. If you do, just let us know. Yes, I see uh, Jane. There you are, Jane. 
Hello. How's my girlfriend? Uh, I'm doing well tonight, though yeah. I'm not getting up to the Cape for a while, yeah, probably. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> my, my favorite shows was the one you did on the special interests because I learned a lot about what other the um, affiliates were. And I also liked having Janet Dickelman on to tell about convention because um, if it was in real time, that would have been my first in-person um, convention. But I will be going to Omaha, so ah. um, I can't wait. I'm saving my pennies so I can meet everybody <laughs> that I've uh, had conversation with and uh, maybe renew some new, re renew some old friendships. But um, I thought maybe you'd have something on today about white cane or transportation. But kind of going to get to we're going to kind of get to white cane. I truthfully did not do it. For a number of oh, reasons. Oh, because of the, in the in the get up and moving thing. The get up and moving thing has been. That is, was great. Is actually, I earlier. Is actually, yeah. That I listened to the sixties and seventies. Yeah, after me too. That, that's, that's after that, the music. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was. You know, you can you can tell who, how old people are by which hours they listen uh, to, pretty much. Okay, um, we well, I know you have to. Listen, I got one question to ask you. Sure. Did you live in Arlington? Yep. <laughs> Okay, I have a question. I think we might have another connection, girlfriend. Oh, Do you no. remember the lemon ginger store? The what? Run store? by the Matarosians. Lemonjerosians. Uh, Johnny and Lucy. You mean the Lionettas? Yeah, that's it. I lived like I grew up. I was born and brought up about two blocks from Lionettas. Well, their their children. Well, they moved to Falmouth. And um, he worked at Family Hospital, Johnny, in the housekeeping department. And then he went his to son, John, his sister, um, his son opened a restaurant down here. And my other sister became friends with Diane. And we're really good friends. We actually called Johnny Yook. And wasn't one of the others, wasn't one of them Roseanne? Marot, Roseanne? Okay, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, okay, no, I'm... I'm picking a, I, I'm picking a, oh, they made I, lemon I, gin. For heaven's sake. It was in sake. Arlington. It's a, it's a small world. I know, girlfriend. indeed. Okay. Have well, a good I one. I'm going to go mute. I don't have anything else to say. All I right, mean, I could great. forever. You, you know care. that. Uh, that's true. <laughs> All right. Take I, care guess, I guess that's a rub off from my Cape Cod. Right? <laughs> Must be. Oh, goodness. I hear from Jane periodically, and she she always takes me back to my youth and my childhood in, on Cape Cod, where I was known to get myself in trouble more than once. But it was fun. <laughs> you know, the harbor master never liked my take trying to take a rowboat that a friend of mine would be bailing while I was rowing, and two other girls would be in charge of the transistor radios and we'd be trying to go down to the Coast Guard Academy on the Cape Cod Canal in a rowboat this was not something that the harbor master approved oh. <laughs> Harry didn't like that did he? Not at all <laughs> did you did you live did you summer in Onset? yeah what was what was your maiden name can I ask you that? Doherty no wonder you're Irish. Okay. <laughs> and my Bye. mother and my mother was an O'Brien and hers was a Morrissey, so <laughs> Oh goodness. Anyway, getting back to the rest of the world here. Um in addition to 
I want to kind of open this up a little bit more. Um, but let's have Agnes. Agnes, you can unmute. And then I want to get into a little more broad an area. Agnes, can you unmute? I'm trying. There you go. You got it. Great. I I uh, heard a lot of good things about the show where you had the gentleman that was the bird watcher. Oh, and, Jerry Berry. Yes, yes, and I'm I'm going to download that podcast and listen to it because unfortunately at the time he was on the program and some of these other shows people mentioned I was in the hospital having knee surgery and doing knee rehab so um, I wasn't always aware of what was on when well I, I thank you very much and I saw your note the other day and I think I responded to it I hope I did and um, I'm glad to see that you're back among us and doing Back that knee must be doing better, and that's wonderful news. Yeah, Jerry Berry, that was a, that was a good show. I'd like to do that again in the spring. Um, Jerry Jerry's a extremely well known nationally um, bird birder. Uh, he's a blind birder, and he's a very very nice man. From he's also from Massachusetts. Um, well. Currently, I think he's originally from Pennsylvania, Doug. I will get that little dig, that little add in for Pennsylvania as well. Um, what I wanted to get, what I wanted to also get into was, you know, beyond visibilities, and there is a life outside of it. Sometimes I forget because I get so carried away with this. Um, there's been an awful lot that's happened in ACB this year. Um, you know, you go back over this past year or so, you go back and think about the, uh, you know, Leslie doing the auction online and how it was so successful that I've heard that they're going to do the convention auction online, even though it will be a hybrid convention this year. The current plan, I guess, is to do it online because it was so successful uh, last last summer. Um, we of course had the biggest, you know, we had the, a huge convention this summer, um, with so, with all of it being virtual. It was just, it was just an amazing, uh, it was an amazing team effort, I think, of so many people from media, so many people from all of the special interest affiliates. I hope a lot of you really did get to the special interest affiliate programming. Um, I know the community ran a hospitality room or something during their sessions, um, but I hope that you did spend most of your time with the affiliates because that's really where you're going to learn and that's really where you're going to connect with other people. It's during the special interest affiliate meetings at the convention. The thing you have to remember about them is that while there are state conventions and as we're all learning because we're doing them hybrid now, um, there are a lot of them. I count myself very, very fortunate that I've been to many through the years. But the convention is the place that 
the special, that's the only convention of the year or meeting of the year of the special interest affiliates. And that's where you, so they usually really go all out to get as much information um, compacted into their programming as they possibly can. And it's such a wonderful thing to get to the special interest affiliate meetings. And now they're all been, I think many of them have been podcasted. And so you might want to really look at the, look at um, the ACB media website and check out some of those podcasts because that's really what the convention, I'll give you a little bit of history of the convention. There was a time when ACB met for part of the week and the special interest affiliates met for the other part of the week. That um, changed many years ago. And the agreement that took place at the time was that ACB would meet in the mornings and the special interest affiliates would meet in the afternoons. And there would be an overlap on the weekends and sometimes on some of the evening events. Um, that seems to me to be vanishing a bit more uh, in more recent, in the last few years. Um, and part of it was, I'm sure, because of the idea of doing it virtual, uh, trying to f- cover so many time zones and that. But do keep in mind that the special interest affiliates really are a very, very, very major part of the national convention. You know, it's now called the National Conference and Convention, which we needed to do in order to get the uh, education credits. But it used to be that it was the ACB Convention and Special Interest Affiliate Conferences. And that's what it, it, you know, though we call it the Conference and Convention, it still is the the conferences of those affiliates. And so I hope people keep that in mind next year when uh, when you're either in Omaha or listening into Omaha. Um, but, the, and it was such a special convention this year because we finally got uh, truly independent voting, independent Secret ballot, secret voting uh, through, and everybody knows. You know, there was just so much that was involved with that, and and the changes that had to be made because of the DC code and all of that. But it really was a wonderful thing for people, for every person at that convention to vote without any other person ever having to know how they were voting, and that's that's a basic tenet of ACB. How many years have we been working on independent voting access in our communities and yet we still hadn't managed to really accomplish it within our own organization. And I think that's a huge step forward for the organ for ACB and for all of us um, to actually have finally been able to do that and 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 it worked pretty darn well 
Um, is it the same solution that we need in the cities and towns and states around us? No. But we definitely proved that it can be done. And and it got a lot more interest back onto the topic. Um, our advocacy needed a needed a I think it gave our advocacy organ our advocacy portion of the organization a bit of a a boost in the arm in getting so much more done this year that they did accomplish. Uh, many of our special interest affiliates worked very hard to get improved accessible access to voting in their national state and national elections. And that's I mean that's been one of our goals. If you go back and look at take out an old Braille I took out an old Braille forum recently from I don't know, maybe I think it was in the early nineties. And you go back and you look at the table of contents and look at the table of contents today. And there's so many issues that we're still battling and still fighting for. And so much equality. You know, today is White Cane Day. And White Cane Safety Day started in 1964. And Guillermo, is it Guillermo Robles, um, put something out on, he put out today on, I think it's on the ACB leadership list, the proclamation from President Biden that was signed yesterday for today as being, um, what is it? It's blind awareness in equity, equality day. Blind, I think it's awareness is the A. It's B-A-E-D. And one of the things that really impressed me about it, when I thought about it and looked back at some of the old proclamations that come out about disability employment awareness month and all the other different names that come out for October 15th of the month of October. It probably has more in it this year about pushing um, employment opportunities for people who are blind or visually impaired. And I just think that it's a great opportunity that we may be coming upon a really, really great opportunity to get uh, more reasonable accommodations to to really finally get a little bit more of the equality that we've been looking for for so many years and that we've been working so hard for for so long and do i sound like i'm on a on a preaching pulpit or something tonight <laughs> i feel like i do kathy king you have had your hand up forever um yes i was going to say that um I really enjoyed those sessions that you did about the affiliates um, for the conference. And that I also enjoyed the um, kind of like the survey you did about some of the different calls that were on, I think it was ACB community. You did that a few times. Um, I did. I did one. I remember doing a couple on um, the daytime. Sh- the, uh, one was supposed yep. to be the daytime calls. And one was the nighttime calls, and they yeah. kind of overlapped each other. And yes. the affiliates, you know, are really important. And I really appreciated what you just said. I didn't realize that because I haven't been to an in-person conference yet for ACB. And, um, you know, the power of the affiliates, I've been to two virtual conferences. And 
It was being in ACB at large. That was one experience. But being in the affiliates is where you kind of find your home and your, your smaller community because ACB is so gigantic. And that was my experience in my professional world, too. You had to find a special interest group that within the mega convention to, to find your community of people that um, had interests similar to yours. And um, I can give you a couple of examples from uh, Council, Citizen, Council of Citizens Low Vision International, our affiliate at the conference. We did one session about um, smart home devices and people just loved it. And we're going to be doing more, more chat calls on that because people are so interested in all the different devices and setups they can do in their home. And then another one, Tom Lalos and I did kind of like a pilot test. We thought, let's demonstrate the power of community and support um, that our affiliate is, and a lot of affiliates are in ACB, and see if people are interested in a support group via Zoom. And so we did that. We had a fantastic conversation at the um, convention, and we're going to be starting our CCLVI peer support group this coming Monday. And that's a direct result of that whole process, the power of what ACB allows for affiliates to have their annual conference as part of the larger experience, you know. So it, it's a very powerful um, system, opportunity, wait for our national and international groupings to build on the larger engine of ACB, as it were. So I just wanted to share That's that great. because I see that vision of what you're talking about, even in the little world that I've experienced of ACB and the affiliates. And your little world is getting bigger and bigger, it seems, almost every day. Kathy yes, is, is doing so much with the Council <laughs> of Citizens with Low Vision, and she's doing some work with uh, ACB Media, and there's just there's a never-ending, it, it seems like there's a never-ending edge to how much, how far Kathy can push the envelope. <laughs> she's, uh, you know, you can, uh, we've had very late night and fairly early morning conversations <laughs> and such of, um, yeah, I'm working on this now. We've got this problem. What do we do about this? And, um, and and I've called her and said, Dan, I've got this problem. What do I do about that? And now she's teaching me HTML and um, and WordPress. WordPress. Thank you. I couldn't say the word. <laughs> and uh, and I found out that you know what, my old Braille training, um, Braille transcription training, um, really works into it very well because Duxbury works very similar to HTML. Um, and I, how did I know? I never, I was always afraid of the term HTML myself. Um, but, and that's it, you know, but these are just so many of the great things that have, that have happened. I think some of the other things that have been interesting this year, um, that took place, you know, beyond the, uh, the vote, actually way before the voting, um, were the candidates forums that took place. Yes, and yeah. um, I know what was it? It was guide dog users and blind pride. Penny, remind me if I'm wrong. Um, that, yeah, that hosted it. the first two 
candidates forums and then the national, the um, board of publications did the second two. And I think a lot of people had the opportunity then to really look closely at and get a chance to know what the candidates for office as members of the board of directors of the board of publications, um, what what those people were all about and just how um, involved they plan to be in the organization. And um, I'm wondering how people liked um, what people thought about the uh, candidates forums this year. Um, if anybody has anything on that, I thought that was, they were interesting because they were so much more open. In some ways, they were much more open than the usual one at con- than the usual ones like a convention, for instance, um, where there were you know people could uh, could submit questions and then those those questions would be answered. This this to me now, Penny and Zelda, you both happen to be on the BOP, so I'm calling on both of you at this point a bit. I guess um, am I wrong? It seemed to me that the I'm sorry I'm just noticing a blue police car blue flashing light in front of my house um, they're coming for you sorry I think they finally they finally figured it out they're coming to take you away <laughs> um, you know the candidates forms were really successful I thought I think because we had um, an opportunity for everyone to vote and everyone to vote accessibly. Um, they were universal. We had people from all over the country and from many, many affiliates. Um, and uh, we could ask a lot of questions. And, yeah, I agree. I think they were better that's what, than... That's uh, what I'm getting at. It seemed like mm-hmm. there was more of an opportunity to do that in, in this in this venue than usually there I, would I, be. I think there also was a motivation on, on the on the end of the members who, who normally wouldn't have been in attendance to really get in there and, and be informed voters. Um, yeah. and, and this enabled them to do that, um, you know, by looking at the candidates' pages on, on the website and, and going to the candidates' forums. Um, and, and from the flip side, as a candidate, I thought um, – I had witnessed, I, I wasn't a candidate years ago, and we, they had the in-person um, candidates things where you run from this room to that room and that room, you know, it was, <laughs> oh, it was more God. like a marathon, yeah. you know, than, <laughs> yeah. and and it, it just was such a frenzy where this seemed to be um, um, much kinder to to everybody involved. It was you you got all the information in one place, and you didn't have to answer the same question or say the same spiel, you know, ten times. Um, I th- I think it worked out well, but let's hear from everybody else and see what they thought of them. Because we always evaluate: how did we do? What should we do differently? Absolutely. Um, and this year, there were so many of us from the BOP that were running that it was hard to man man the show. So we reached outside and got some outside help to to uh, to do the candidates forum. And we had great moderators. That was really we good. did we did. 
Yeah, yeah, you did. I don't know. I thought it was the best candidates forum I've ever attended. Um, I really, I really thought that they were very good, and I thought it, you know, it it showed people for who they are and what their expectations and goals are. Um, you know, I think there were. I think that there were a couple. I'm sorry, Penny. And hopefully it encouraged people to vote. You know? I think so, too. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think it um, it gave people much more of a chance to see who people were in, in, in you know, in tight situations, shall we say. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like you could really sit back and think about, hmm, how am I going to answer that in order to get the most votes? Um, <laughs> no, <there's> no- <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was really how well do these people get what the constituent, what their constituencies, which is really what all every member of this organization is, especially when it comes to the officers and board. Um, I, I mean, it carries over to the BOP as well, but. Um, the board has so much, and especially in a situation like this year where the board is actually um, approving the resolutions. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. they, you know, this, this gave them a much better, uh, gave all of us a better opportunity to see who exactly is going to be setting the, the future of this organization. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, this is Kathy, and I can say that, of course, I hadn't been to an in-person candidate forum before, and I wasn't aware of it the previous year. I don't know if they did it last year when we had our first virtual conference or not. We did do it in previous years. Uh, The BOP usually had a candidate's forum. Uh, Sometimes we had two. Sometimes we had one before convention, and then we often had a town hall meeting at convention. Um, and all of the state affiliates um, had their individual caucuses. Um, and they were actually fun. I missed hanging out with folks from Massachusetts and Florida because Maryland used to caucus with those two states. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. And D.C. as well. Um, but I think we got a lot better uh, insight into who the candidates were and who stood for what and uh, what everybody's goals were um, from the BOP candidates forum this year. And GDY and BPI, uh, we we are two special interest affiliates who love each other and, and we thoroughly enjoyed uh, teaming up and um, inviting all the special interest affiliates to participate too. I thought yeah. it was good. Yeah, I think it was a, a I think it was a major step forward, both for uh, the you know to to learn more about the candidates and for the election. I thought it was very very good. I'm I'm um, thinking that we'll probably move more towards um, you know once you've made that move and you realize how accessible it is and and the pressure it takes off the in person. Yes, Penny, we, we we don't have that opportunity to to see people and, and to be with them and, and actually to rub shoulders, you know, with them, um, you know, virtually, but it, it is a way to kind of lessen the stress of the week of convention. Especially Um, for the candidates. Oh my God. Especially for the candidates, but I think for everyone also, you know, it, it, Mm. it gives you another, um, 
another time slot to put something else in. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Gives more availability for the other folks too. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and, it. And it does because the, you know, when you had all of those caucuses, they were opposite the breakfast, so they were at four or five o'clock in the afternoon when everybody would have to leave you know, when people were getting up and leaving affiliate meetings or what have you because they had to get to their caucus. Um, I think the whole idea of having the caucuses and the the uh, candidates farm and the caucuses ahead of convention is just so much better. Mm-hmm. And it's better for the affiliates, too, because I know as a, yeah. an affiliate, we always had to fit that caucus into our limited time for programming. Um, and uh, it just frees up everybody. So um, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a good thing that we can all vote. And it's a good thing that we're finding new ways to uh, get people involved. It is indeed. And we have... Um and it's it's also a good thing that we're we're not uh, we're not politicians. Uh, we we are servants. <laughs> we are servants, and so you you get the answers from the heart. You don't get you do. um, yeah. you know predetermined whatever rhetoric um, you know, and and so you you you, you, you get what you see. That's it. Yeah, the predetermined rhetoric on the candidates' pages, mm-hmm. and that's one way to get to know the candidates. And then you get this more spontaneous, um, more spontaneous view of the candidates, and uh, that's a good way to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you also get to realize that is just rhetoric. They're not really answering the question; they're giving you what their talking points. You know, so that you you get to make a much more informed decision this way. I think. Well, I always think that there are there are individuals that express themselves better in writing, and there are individuals that express themselves better verbally, and and very rarely do you get both in one person. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So it's nice to have the opportunity to to do both. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do think that's important. It is, and I, but I think the the key is to be doing it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so much so preferable. Um, that's any, my view. Any does anybody else have any any opinion they would like to express on it? Um, I think Zelda's point is very well taken. That you know we talk about different abilities and all um, in this world of trying to get people to see beyond disabilities. And some people express themselves very well in the written word, and some people very well verbally, and not always the two match up. And yeah. so the giving people opportunity for both forms of expression is very powerful and levels the playing field, I think. That's and also true. some people are not great auditory learners, you know, and some people may not like the um, back and forth of the candidate forum and want to read more organized thoughts. So there's a lot of variables. And so we're meeting people's varied needs. We're meeting, by having meeting a it all. Ways. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. really are. Agnes, mm-hmm. I noticed you have your hand up. Yes, I have a question. Sure. Um, actually, a couple of them. First of all, when we have elections and, you know, like at the end of the session, uh, they would see if there was going to be anyone running against whoever was up you know, for the next day, do mm-hmm. those people that choose to do that or that get nominated, do they have a chance to put stuff up on the web pages 
And also, and I don't know what the answer is to this one, but one of the things that frustrated me a little bit was um, with the interest affiliates in that they wanted us to call in, you know, by a certain time. And because the people that ran against others didn't, you know, always give the, they didn't have them do their speeches very early on the following day it was a little sticky because sometimes I felt like I had to make a choice before I could hear their speeches. I think you make an interesting point there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something that you should, you can always keep in mind. And that is that when somebody decides to run from the floor, they've made a decision to do that. They could have have chosen, let's say we had, eight people that were running for seven slots on the board of public. uh, I mean, five position, five positions on the board of directors. I'll get it out correctly. Yeah. Um, And the, the nominating committee brings forward their recommendations, but anyone else that wanted to run for one of those positions could do that well in advance and could be on the website, could be in the, in the, on the online forum, could be, uh, could be on that. It's those people have chosen in many cases, not always, but in many cases, mm-hmm. those people have chosen not to come out ahead of time because there's what I always call old boy politics and, um, that takes place where, well, I'll run, but I want to run against Susie. I don't want to run against Mary. Um, because I know I can beat Susie and I don't think I could beat Mary, that kind of thing. And there's a lot of that that takes place in it. And that's why you run into that kind of an issue. Also, um, there's another good reason, too, and it's just gone totally out of my head. But, Penny, I know you've got something to say about it because I can see you up on well, here. I was just going to say that um, there were, we, when, we, uh, when the Board of Publications set up the candidates' pages – we invited anyone who thought they might want to run for anything to participate. So if you wanted to run for president, you could announce that you wanted to run for president. But if you wanted to just see what might be available, you could also post your, the answers to those questions and be in the, uh, the field. Uh, So it was a good way to get to know people in advance. Um, And those people too, anyone who participated online, was welcome to participate in the BOP candidates forums as well. So, mm-hmm. so there were lots of ways to get to know the candidates. So really the advantage lies in making that decision ahead of time so that, um, so that you can get your information out there and people can um, have a, uh, look at it in in their leisure you know at at a time that's convenient for them and not suffer the the stress of like you said you know um making that um in in a very limited time frame i hope that answers your question agnes i think so uh, pretty much i'll have to give it some thought <laughs> that's new information for me that's that's new information for me so i want to talk about another good thing about this last year and that's all the uh just the friendly programs you've had terry 
I met people that I would have never met any other way who called into visibilities. And really, you had a crew that kind of repeated itself a lot of times. And the trivia games really brought people in. And um, I, I think it's been a, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, really great information shared, but there's also been a lot of really great friendship shared. And that's, that's just as important. Thanks. I think you're absolutely right. That's it's it's what's kept me going doing it because I do. I feel like I've found so many old friends and an, an entirely new realm of friends um, on this. And I hope that other people have are feeling the same way. Um, I think that that I think that it's that it's worked out well for people. At least I hope it has. One other thing I'd like to touch on quickly. And I think it has to be quickly because I think we're getting late on time. Oh, yeah. I have eight minutes. Um, And that's the business of the organization, if you will. Um, Actually, there are two parts to it. Um, One is, of course, the fundraising. There was an awful lot of that at convention. There's been an awful lot of that this year. Um, I think it's something that we all need to look at what can we, you know, what is reasonable, what can we uh, do for the organization monetarily, um, and when is it appropriate and when isn't it to be uh, pushing that. Um, I thought, personally, I thought that there was way too much of it on the general sessions during the convention this year, but that's just my own opinion. I don't know if anyone else shares it. Um, and the other issue that I'd like to um, just touch on as well is the issue of resolutions this year. Now, I know this is ordinarily, for anyone who's not familiar, resolutions always met um, during convention until about two in the morning, every morning. Um, They were known as the nocturnal group in the organization. And then they would bring their resolutions to the floor and the membership would vote on the resolutions because of the virtual virtualness of the convention this year and last. What they've done instead is that the board of directors has the has brought it forward. Has our I'm sorry that the resolutions committee has brought the resolutions forward to the board of directors, and they have been the ones voting on our behalf. And I think that's a, it's it's a different. It was a very different way. Um, I know I was really pushing back in the spring. That's fine, but let's be darn certain that those board members are finding out how their how the membership does feel on the various resolutions. And I will say that the resolutions committee I think did a fabulous job this year in um, making doing all of those webinar calls um, available that they that they did so much of the resolutions committee meeting work that where everyone could sit in on it. Usually when there was a resolutions committee meeting, a few people would show up at it beyond the committee because their resolution was coming up that night that they were interested in or the uh, something like that. There would be very few people who... Um, would attend. And I think the idea that doing it uh, as an open meeting 
virtually um, probably brought out more people to resolutions than has been at resolutions probably for the preceding 10 years combined. <laughs> um, I think it would have been, it, but I, I do think that it was, it was a good way and it was, it was something that I was, I was hoping that it would be on meeting and not on webinar so that you would know who was there and who of the board was actually paying attention to it. And I know one resolution came up this year at the board meeting that they all were like, where did that come from? Didn't know anything about it. And every one of them should have known something about it because they should have been on the resolutions committee call the night that they had, that it was on, or at least some of them. Um, and that kind of thing. And so that's one of the issues that I think is, um, needs to still needs a lot of work is resolutions. And that's my soapbox speech on resolutions for tonight. Um, <laughs> I fully intend to bring it. I very well may bring it up, um, next week. Next week's call is going to be our next week's visibilities. Some of you may have seen it on this week's. I made a very foolish clerical error earlier this week and had accidentally sent Cindy the description of next week's call for this week. Um, but I am sending out an open invitation to the officers and board of ACB to uh, come to talk to us this to talk to us next week about some of it about what's gone on during this past year and what they see as the pathway of the future of ACB. Um, the resolutions are what historically and constitutionally create our future. Or we create our future through those resolutions. Um, what we want to see or what we need to see worked on is what's in the resolutions for the upcoming year. And so that's kind of one of the whole points of a grassroots organization. The grassroots determine what needs to be done. And and I think it would be interesting. I'd like to, you know, get some of the board members and officers um views on what's going to happen with many of the resolutions that have been uh, passed by them this uh, couple what was it in the end of over the last two months anyhow um, at the last two board meetings there have been at least three board meetings and and I think we just need to kind of know a little bit more about what is going on within ACB without having to sit and go through an entire six hours of podcasts. So I'm hoping that our board will be able to uh, summarize a lot of that for us. And I want to thank you all for being with us tonight. And it's, I know it's been a small group. I know I was like getting it out, um, but I think it's been well worthwhile. And I want to thank all of you who participated and those who have listened and um, we'll see you next, next you, Friday. Kay. Thank you. Thank you all. Good night. Good night. Good night.